Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Good to be here, Dan. Well, Chris, it's good to have you back. Uh, we've sadly uh, missed a couple of weeks here with the with the weather that's taking place down in Texas, but uh, we've got power, we've got electricity, and, and we're up and running back with the podcast. So, um, with that, let's let's jump right in and, and, and talk about what we're seeing on a year-to-date basis here. It, it's been a real reverse. Um, we're starting to see a gap out between growth and value. Whether you look at it on the up to small cap all the way up through large cap, you know we're seeing somewhere between you know a five to seven hundred basis point dispersion uh, between the growth and value indices. Now, do you think, Chris, that this is just a, a bit of a normalization, uh, a swing back to value? How, how would you uh, describe what we're what we're witnessing so far in the, in the first uh, couple months of the year? Yeah, I would characterize it as somewhat of a renormalization. Keep in mind. Uh, you know, coming into the third quarter of 2020, we really saw leadership out of tech and the mo- what we'd call the momentum basket be accentuated. A lot of that, again, driven by the options market. And then once we started getting news of the progress within vaccines and we started to see case counts late in the fourth quarter peaking and beginning to roll over where they had accelerated in the beginning, it became apparent that, you know, there was going to be a recovery in this reflationary trade. And so, you know, we've seen, quote, value begin to outperform. And you throw on top of that the, uh, you know, getting the election behind us and discussions around checks going out the door and then another $1.9 trillion worth of stimulus later in the year and the market starting to discount not only a strong recovery, uh, but you know, rising inflation and this move higher in yields, and you know, we're recording this on on the 25th, uh, is starting to go vertical, and that begins to have very serious ramifications for different components. So when yields were, when the yield curve was steepening and it was more gradual, that's positive for banks, and banks have been a primary winner on a year-to-date basis. Um, the stronger growth and the recovery we saw in oil prices is clearly positive for the under-owned and, and beaten-up uh, energy sector, but it's also very positive for parts of the industrial sector. So money that was crowded into the previous year's winners had to come out and go into these new areas, and that creates a lot of dislocations. And, and that's a lot of what we're seeing in the volatility in the market. Um, and the best way I'd kind of characterize the year-to-date period is less about uh, a smooth discounting of a recovery and a return of value over growth. It is nothing more than crowded positions being unwound and leverage taken down, and you can see it. And it gets really accentuated in the small cap area. Uh, you know, as you know, we've been running small cap for 20 years, uh, and this is the nuttiest market I have ever seen. I'm, I'm saying there is a complete disconnect between fundamentals and, and where and the way stocks are trading on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and, and there's something I want to touch back on here in a, in a moment on, on speaking about fundamentals and what we're seeing. But, you know, I look at a day like today. And across the board, right? Um, you know, the market's uh, going to close up here and, and shortly. And whether I'm looking at the S&P, whether I'm looking at the Russell 2000, um, whether I'm looking at the mid-cap index, uh, they're all down, you know, south of, of 2%. Um, 
Um, you know, these types of swings, you, do you anticipate seeing this? I mean, this, should we expect for this type of volatility? I mean, a 2% move in, in the S&P is, is, uh, is, is really something significant. And, and you know, we, while we've seen an increasing level of these, um, it's always surprising when, when you take a look at the, at the ticker and see what, uh, where, we're, where we're landed. So um, do you expect to see this continuing? And what are yes. your thoughts? Yes, volatility is here. Uh, volatility is only going to increase throughout this decade. It's a product of uh, the excesses and the liquidity uh, that have been poured into the markets for the last decade uh, mean that the longer you've tried to suppress it, it the more it's going to rear its head in the future, and that's what we're witnessing. And it's also a product of the structural changes in the way uh, individuals invest. You know, the use of passive funds, once it becomes a dominant factor or the majority of the, of the monies, you're going to get dislocations and you're going to get rising volatility. Um, and that's true whether you're actively buying, but you're using ETFs. Uh, that's just another passive basket, right? You're not making a single security selection. You're just buying a sector. So this sector-based, theme-based, meme-based, leverage-based investing that we're seeing both out of retail and professionals means we're going to see a lot more dislocations. Um, you know, we own two companies that happen to be in the socks. And it's funny, people are selling off the semis and semi-cap equipment to buy the reopening trade, uh, never mind that uh, not NVIDIA and bleeding edge semis trading at 50 times, but the rest, uh, a good portion of the rest of the semis are very much reopening trades, right? They're, they are exposed to these cyclical areas that uh, we're just coming out of a trough when the pandemic hit. hit. So there's tremendous pent-up demand. Um, we had meetings at the White House yesterday to discuss the fact that we don't have enough semiconductors, not just for our own companies, but for the world, and these are strategic assets. And yet, you know, these companies that not only are going to benefit from a cyclical recovery, but are getting ready to hit a secular super cycle, have very high levels of profitability, trade at very modest valuations. These are sub-20 PE companies, right, with very high secular growth rates. And they're down 7 and 8% today because the SOX is down 5%. Uh, that's the only reason. Um, you know, we've got companies today that, that have reported, like we didn't buy commodity chemicals. We bought the distributors. You know, we've bought a distributor that had incredible earnings, Unbelievable free cash flow trades at about 10 or 11 times free cash flow, but it's going to be down 10% today, you know, only because of who owns it. And there's not liquidity. People have gotten used to the volume of shares trading and assuming that's liquidity. You don't get liquidity from passive instruments. If they choose to sell, there's no passive on the other side to buy. It's going to take an active to buy. Uh, and so we have high volume but low liquidity, very little price discovery. Um, and never mind, you know, the phenomena we witness uh, daily with, with GameStop and 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 uh, Reddit retail flow and, and what they're doing via the options market. So as I said, again, we've got the best portfolio we've had in probably 10 years. You could shut these markets off. And I would be pretty excited uh, to come back and see where our companies trade three years from now. Uh, but these these year-to-date moves are all about who owns what shares, how levered they are, and what do they have to sell or buy uh, as a result of price movement. It's 
it, it's creating some pretty interesting opportunities. Yeah, and, and let me let me follow up on that. So, you know, if, if I understand correctly, what you're saying is, you know, we, we go through earnings. You've got companies. They've got solid guidance. They've got really good numbers. They've got attractive fundamentals, and these companies are still down. Um, and, and you're explaining this, and, and you're looking at this as a feature of, you know, we have high volume, but we have low liquidity. So, you are you painting this picture as, you know, despite the the attractive levels that that I just described, you know, it's it's really it's a, it's a lack of liquidity, or it's it's a force yeah. of liquidity that is that is resulting in, in these names still being, you know, meaningfully um, uh, you know, hampered by, by the marketplace? Yeah. What it is, and, and this is another way to explain it, we don't have a two-way market. We used to have a two-way market when there were more uh, active funds uh, in bidding on individual securities. And so as news came out, the results came out, you know, you could analyze the results and stocks would be bid up. And if they were bid too high, you'd have active managers start to sell them down. If they were sold down too low, you'd have active managers start to build them back up. And so you had a two-way market centered around the intrinsic value of this business. Um, and you don't have that now. You don't have that discussion now around individual names. So you can, so, and you would, as an example in that environment, if you had information out of one company that would then affect another company, right? Because maybe they're in the same industry or maybe they're further down the supply chain. It was historically that information would come out and you would see the reaction in the other stock that it, that it should you know, be reacting to that information. That really doesn't happen anymore. And so there'll be news out of a company and it may have significant ramifications for another part of the market and it just zero movement whatsoever. And that certainly can create opportunity. But it also creates these weird relationships where, you know, as an example, like everybody got all, and keep in mind, a lot is computer and algorithm and it's momentum oriented. So, you know, we've seen oil prices move up dramatically. They're up $100 in the last year. Uh, and we're hitting, you know, Brent prices over $60. WTI April trading right now at 63.42. Um, that's a real input cost for a whole host of chemical companies and other entities, but yet the market can ignore that, right? Because they're chasing these prices higher, but yet you're not going to reflect the reality of margins coming down lower in the back half of the year. So I just think the market right now is is very nearsighted. It's focused on what's happening right now. Um, it's not focused on what we should be discounting. What does the recovery look like? Uh, and a whole host of issues. So in my mind, I think it presents us a lot of opportunities. Uh, but, you know, it's just going to take time for things to play out. I mean, we can see our thesis playing out perfectly with individual positions. You just wouldn't notice it if you looked at it at looking at the price action. All right. Well, last one I've got for you today. Um, I'm looking out at, at the market in real time right now, and we're seeing a large cap tech just getting killed. Um, you know, kind of all your, your the, you know, the, who have been the, the big market leaders, right? Your Amazons, your Googles, even the kind of the darlings of of, uh, yep. of 2020. Um, they're all down, kind of mid single digits. It's been a really ugly day for them. Um, and at the other side of the trade, we're seeing all the meme stuff are up again. Um, yeah. That we haven't seen in a week or so. Uh, is this surprising to you? Did you are you are you surprised that it came back like this? Are you surprised that um, just the way that the market is is kind of shaking things out? Well, and again, this is um, after the last uh, you know kind of two years, 
Uh, I don't think anything can surprise us anymore. Uh, but it, it is evidence of kind of just the silliness and the Frankenstein nature of the markets and the market structure. Um, and my surprise, the Reddit crowd used out-of-the-money options and did a gamma squeeze to try to hit the hedge funds that just levered up. No. Am I surprised they did it right at a uh, month in? No. Um, so, you know, do I think that, uh, you know, Tesla should have been at 800? No. Am I surprised it's off 10%? Absolutely not. I mean, they're, they're starting to go after the ARC mutual funds or the ARC ETF. And, you know, traders know if they hammer those stocks and generate negative flows out of that, there's a lot of profit to be had. And so that's what they're trying to do. Um, the spike in yields and the spike in short interest again means I'm sure there's some degrossing going on today, not nearly to what we saw to the extent earlier uh, in the quarter. And so, you know, you got to sell Microsoft. You know, is Microsoft table counting cheap? No. Is it a bubble? Absolutely not. You know, not even close. Is Tesla a bubble? Of course it is. Um, so, you know, there's, there's going to be real opportunities in this correction. You just need to know where the fundamentals line up with the price and, and what you want to buy. And, but again, a lot of what we're seeing are just crowded trades being unwound. They have very little to do with fundamentals. Well, Chris, let's, let's call it a day there. Um, certainly great to have you back, and hopefully we don't have any more crazy weather down here in Houston, and we'll catch you back here uh, in no time. Sounds good, Dan. Terrific. Thanks, Chris. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.